Oh, our very own comeback player of the year, Scott Ritchie, is back in the podcast booth. Scott, what have you learned since you last checked in? Well, I missed the real downturn in Illinois basketball at the end of the of the year, but I've jumped back in, I think, when they're on the upswing. Did I time it like that on purpose? Maybe. Uh, we'll talk about Illinois' turnaround with uh, Mr. Ritchie. We'll talk about uh, the new players they've added to the roster. We'll talk about their NCAA tournament hopes in this week's podcast, Inside Illini Basketball. Come back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money radio show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Okay, all right. Oh, good Monday morning, everybody, and it is a special Monday morning, January 16th. Is that right? Do I have my date right? I'm so confused. I'm all beside myself because sitting next to me, pretty close, may I add, in the podcast booth is the one and only, the legend, Eureka's finest, Mr. Scott Ritchie. I should be gone more often because that's, I think, the nicest things you've ever said about me on the podcast. I'm tearing up over here, Scott Ritchie. Uh, hey, back. It's been a, a few weeks. I had to take a little personal time just to, you know, for myself just to make sure I was okay and... I am, and I'm back, and oh, I missed it. a very interesting time in Illinois basketball as they seem to crater and then emerge over the last week and a half. Crazy. A, a better team, but yeah, so, but it's just good to be back. All right, Scott Ritchie left. He said it was a weird time right, right before the Missouri game, which was the start of some a real bad, dark spell. And then you came back just on the tail of a real positive spell. Yeah, I just really, I just wanted to not have to cover those <laughs> bad games that they played. That's, that was the whole thing. I was fine. I just, I, I saw it coming. No, I, but in the Missouri game wasn't the start of it. Like the Penn State game and like all of the like weird vibes from the players and that, that started you know, a little before that. But I think Missouri game was just sort of, the, you know, what what that was building to, and then obviously there's a few more bumps in the road after that. That Northwestern game was was poor, um, but mm. offensively, you know, after Brad Underwood made wholesale changes to what he wanted to run, um, they're starting to find their way, and maybe not for a full game yet, even, but been a pretty good second half team. All right, I'm Jim Rosso, Vice President of News. That is the voice of Scott Ritchie. Uh, welcome back. Thanks to Colin Likas for uh, kind of joining Scott on the beat while uh, while you were gone, and he's up in Minnesota today. Scott, will uh, when's your next road trip? Uh, um, kind of up in the air a little bit, but I think the Iowa game. Okay, really? Maybe because there's there's some several home games here over the okay. next couple of weeks, so. Uh, his uh, Good Morning Illini Nation returned today, 6 a.m., IlliniHQ.com. Check that out every morning. That's my that's like my cup of coffee is what it is. And uh, it was back this morning. Glad to see that. And uh, Scott, uh, of course, is our AP Top 25 voter. 
Um, I spit out my coffee this morning when you submitted your ballot, not with Illinois in it. And you know what? It turns out you were right. I am sorry, Scott. I mean, even with a little time away, I was keeping tabs on Illinois and on college basketball as a whole. So I still might know what I'm talking about. And Illinois, was they're close. Um, nominally 30th, if you count the teams ahead of them in the others receiving votes category. Um, so it's a step up from last week. I think they got two votes total. Um, so you know the difference between uh, number 25, Arkansas, and Illinois, it's only about 50 points. So they're on their way back. And I don't know that... Today's game can do like help their cause because can't really lose to Minnesota. I mean, it really can only hurt them if they if they lose. Like that's a that's gonna be a a ding to the resume. But we've got Indiana later this week, and I mean the Hoosiers aren't what well he, most people, including myself, thought that they would be. Um, instead, they're just one of the many in the very big middle of the Big Ten pack. Um, but that'd be a still a good two good wins that only could add and if they keep winning kind of regardless of the opponent they'll probably get back into the AP top 25 because just as last week showed where i don't know like two thirds of the ranked teams lost almost some multiple times like this is a weird college basketball season there might not be that many like great teams there just might just be a lot of pretty good to good teams all right 5 p.m start uh, tonight at the barn hope you had a chance to read your sunday news gazette uh, daniel borup uh, former Illini pride president is going to be singing the national anthem weird do the right? people at minnesota know he said he was going to tell them but that's <laughs> no that's when you show up in illinois gear like under well, no, like maybe just like underneath something do the whole yeah know, or the orange crush when they travel yeah. to the reveal as he said uh he wants to be asked back again so he was going to play it pretty uh, close to the vest well i suppose but like that just be such like the, the best troll job I, but I, suppose, I guess if he's going to live in the minneapolis right. area for a while and, and likes to, it he does and wants to yeah. sing the national anthem right. that i suppose he's doing the right thing but that I mean, it'd be tough not All to. All right. Back a little, uh, his claim to fame, not only was Illini Pride president, a uni high grad, but he once attended preschool taught by one Kerry Rosso. Wow. Back in the day at Montessori and Savoy. So congratulations <laughs> to Daniel Borp. Mrs. Rosso calls him a very good boy. That's how she remembers him. <laughs> when he was. <laughs> like five. Four or five. Right? Yeah. Very um, funny. All right. Then Indiana comes to town. I had a, a chance to drive through indianapolis last night stop by uh, watch a little rec league basketball and boy are fans upset rec league basketball in zionsville which is close to westfield which is home of the reigning mr basketball who is the starting point guard for purdue who is really good and makes indiana fans even angrier than they already are yeah i, I imagine they can't be thrilled that purdue's starting backcourt is i mean technically two Indiana players because mm -hmm. you know, Fletcher Lawyer moved in from Michigan uh, his junior year played a fluke goody in fact at Homestead in Fort Wayne um, but that those two I mean that's a big reason Purdue is where they're at I mean Zach Eady obviously is nearly unstoppable but I mean Matt Painter handed the keys to two freshman guards and was like yeah. go do it Crazy. and they have and meanwhile Indiana is just 
sort of bumbling their way through. Bumbling is a good way to put it. Like, so, um, like Chase Jackson Davis isn't playing every game. I mean, I know like he had. There was some talk. There was like the games he missed were for quote unquote maintenance. Uh, the the <laughs> the phrase that came into play in basketball with Kawhi Leonard, where not, maybe kind of hurt, but not really hurt, kind of saving him. I don't know what the deal is there. Uh, Jalen Hood, Scafino, they're they're really good freshman guard. Has missed a few games as well, but mostly is like turns out this Indiana team is what they were last year, which is not a very good shooting team, and it's kind of all trace and not much else race thompson getting hurt doesn't help them like it i mean i had them number one in the preseason in the big 10 mostly because i thought i knew what they were and thought that they could be better thought they'd shoot it better um they have not and it's just it's a weird big 10 like i think purdue i mean if they keep playing like they will they're going to run away with the conference and then like everyone else in the league might be 500 Two uh, times Illinois will be a heavy favorite this week. Should help their cause. Um, of the games that uh, the last two games, uh, or the last three, right? Uh, Wisconsin, Michigan State. Nebraska in between. Nebraska. Of those three, which one did you sense the turnaround was complete when you watched it? I'm not sure it is complete yet, mostly because... They haven't played maybe a full 40 at their peak level. Like, that's if they're going to be a Big Ten title contender, going to maybe, you know, get back into the top four seed conversation in the NCAA tournament, they, they've got to do what they've done in like the second half against Wisconsin when they were really good. Um, second half against Nebraska, they're pretty good. And, you know, second half against Michigan State, they made the comeback. I mean, they're figuring it out as they go along, I think, but. I mean, getting those wins, even when maybe they're not doing that for a full game, that's important. But I think just you know, those second halves have, I think, been the sign to me. It's like they're getting there. It's just not not consistent enough yet. Shout out to the old timers at uh, the Assembly, uh, State Farm Center <laughs> for uh, providing the atmosphere in two of those games. I mean, yeah, because they good. I mean, they were in non-crush games because yeah. classes don't start until tomorrow. Right for the new semester. So, yeah, that was, especially I think Michigan State game was even better than the Wisconsin right. game. But, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that they won against Wisconsin, and then Nebraska probably amped up the juice a little bit for Michigan State. Um, from what I understand, it was one of the better atmospheres, maybe. Yeah. I mean, probably all, all year. Do me a favor, if you don't already, but uh, listen to these games on the radio because our on-court mics make it clear how bonkers the place goes. TV, sometimes it you know clouds the atmosphere, but it can get loud. It can get quiet, mind you, when yeah. things aren't going right. But uh, a couple of those three-pointers against Michigan State. Yeah, when well, Matthew Meyer was yeah. knocking him down, that guy, I'll be curious like, once the crush come back for the Indiana game on Thursday if you know, the rest of the crowd can kind of maintain that level plus the crush like it could be deafening right there. I think the opponent makes it all possible right yeah I think Indiana, I mean, Indiana might not be as good as they thought they'd be as I thought they'd be as everybody thought they'd be but it's still Indiana I think there's enough juice left and 
still a rivalry, I suppose. I don't know. Illinois, if I'm be honest, doesn't have a rival, like a big one. Like it's sort of at least a consistent one. I think at this point it kind of changes on an every few years basis. Like Iowa was kind of the one, has been the one for a few years, but I I'd think, go with Iowa. Scott Ritchie. Yeah, because the problem with Illinois, okay. Indiana was like they haven't been good at the same time enough lately yeah. to maintain that. Um, I see the Indiana-Illinois basketball rivalry kind of the way the Michigan-Illinois football rivalry goes in that the uh, the opposing side is a bit snooty and uh, <laughs> really, in reality, a bit more accomplished and yeah. don't consider Illinois their chief rival, and they don't because Indiana's got Purdue, Michigan's got Michigan State, Ohio State, yeah, so on. Right? That's a fair point. Okay. Hey, back to that weird Big Ten. Uh, we were... Uh, chopping this up earlier today. In my mind, I see two teams making the NCAA tournament, which harkens <laughs> to the days of the ACC when Duke and North Carolina were the only two somehow making the tournament. But really, Scott, I, I think my theory is possible where you have Illinois and Purdue making the tournament and, and the other 12, other 14, how many there are? Just, not. Just 12 for now. I know. Be 14 and another, uh, Another two years. Uh, uh, There will be more than two. You disputed that. You said, sit down, idiot. And that's when I knew you were back for good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I treated it a little (laughs) more nicely. There's going to be more than two, but Purdue and Rutgers, at least right now, like, I don't think there's any chance Purdue doesn't make it. You know, Rutgers, you know, on Bartorvik, he has an attorney cast. It was kind of a great website. Has everything you could possibly want to know. It's been a month since I've heard that strange name. It's uh, it's my go-to. Um, I've even I've elevated Torvik over Ken Palm, mm. mostly because I don't have to pay for Torvik. But it's but there's more to it as well. Um, but he has a tourney cast, and it gives percentage chance that a team will make the NCAA Ooh. tournament. Is uh, this what, the data part of this? Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll Just, go early, I'm but it's, sure, it fits. I um, like this data. So. Total percentage chance to make the tournament, what a total percentage chance like to be the automatic bid from the conference, and then a projected seed as well. Mm. Um, right now, Purdue's at one hundred percent. Kind of sure. not going to dispute that. Rutgers ninety nine point five. So at this at midway point of the season, if you're that high, you're probably going to make it, mm. unless you just totally collapse. Um, Illinois is at eighty five point one percent. Sounds good. Ohio State, no, and the, they're. You have an even higher percentage, eighty-eight point five percent. No, you you just lost me. Which I I'm curious about that, but it's I think based on the schedule they have remaining, if they win those games, they'll be there because their remaining schedule is the fourth toughest in the conference. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of team like Michigan right now, eleven point nine percent chance to make the tournament. Oh, that's that's not good. It's pretty low. Well, they don't. Deserve, I mean, they're they've been horrible. Yeah, Michigan State fifty eight point seven percent. Oh, really? I yeah. thought they'd be higher than that. Iowa. Right, I don't agree with these numbers. Let's just put this out there. <laughs> JimRosso.com. dot com. You agree other with numbers. you agree with some of them, but not all of them. It's kind of what you like. Uh, Wisconsin twenty five point seven percent. Because Wisconsin, like if Tyler Wall, like he he has to come back because they haven't won since he got hurt. Like they're they're not a good team. They're a bit fraudulent. I've I've seen them lately. But a lot of these Big Ten teams might be like just a bit fraudulent. 
All right, back to my original point. Two teams are making the tournament. Illinois and Purdue. There's going to be more than two. Like Rutgers. Talk to me in early March when this. When there's only two? When this comes. I will give you something if there's only two Big Ten teams. Push light. Okay. 24, 30 pack. Well, okay, you can't. Let's go 24. No, I don't know. I think they only come in 30s. (laughs) You have Bush light in bottles? They do. Tumble (laughs) in. (laughs) I've had them. Uh, uh, Purdue, like, Rutgers. Oh, and there's going to, I'd say, at least five. Okay. If not more, you never know. Maybe the Big Ten turns itself around, but I think there's not enough separation between these teams. Like, they're just going to beat up on each other, and, like, there's not, like, no real clear favorites in games. And again, like, everybody might go 500 in the conference, and that's not great for your tourney chances. Yeah. Illinois is 503 and 3 in conference play, but uh, clearly a contender for the title. I, I see Purdue slipping up again uh, a couple times. This would be the year you'd want to play them twice if you were Illinois, and you only get one crack at them. Yeah, in West Lafayette. I mean, I don't know if they're going to sl- I feel like if they were really? going to slip, they would have done it by now. Yeah, but the, it, here's the, the the game that they should have lost to Nebraska makes me, convinces me they're going to slip. Yeah, I mean, I, they, and they will. Like, All right. Especially this year in college basketball, there's no, I don't know. They lost to Rutgers. Rutgers is, yeah. uh, as much as you want to yeah. argue it, not a bad team. Like they've won seven of their last eight. A couple quad one wins in there. That's why they're the only other Big Ten team ranked. They debuted at number twenty three today, and Purdue again uh, number three. Just held steady there. But Rutgers, I've been trying to tell you for years now. I know you have. Steve Peichel's got that thing going at a level. I mean, it's not like going at like a super high level, but for Rutgers, it is. And over the weekend, they got a commitment from a top five. Five star in the class of twenty twenty four, best recruit I think ever at Rutgers, at least in terms of ranking. What was your take on Sky Clark Bolton? I mean, unexpected. I think. I mean, obviously, you know, he's he put out there that you know for personal reasons and you know for his family. So I think you have to respect that. But just. And I was a little disconnected at that point. Obviously, it wasn't around, but like it just it came out of nowhere a little bit. Um, hasn't hurt Illinois so far. You know, Jaden Epps has stepped up a little bit since your Harris. You know, RJ Melendez has gotten more minutes, but I mean, again, it's the like Terrence Shannon, Matthew Meyer, Dane Danger, Coleman Hawkins. I mean, they're they're going to be the reason Illinois succeeds or fails. I think. I mean, but. I mean, it's curious, but you go, you move on. Like, there's games to be played, and you know, they just added a, another point guard over the weekend, officially, in Nicolo Moretti, and he'll join the team. Not sure exactly when. I don't know if he'll be in Minneapolis today, but classes start tomorrow, so he'll be on campus. Um, we'll see how that goes, and because as well as Jay Epps has played. And in his freshman year, as well as since here, Harris has played. Like, they've had some warts, too. Like, they're freshmen. Um, interesting to see if Illinois can win without an actual point guard because neither of those guys are, if we're going to be honest. Tell me, again, I know we've reported this, but how the Italian point guard uh, acquisition came about. And it it still intrigues me to know that he... Is with the team. <laughs> yeah, well, 
It's a Jeff Alexander recruit. Um, he he's kind of the, the international guy, and Illinois was on Nicolo Moretti starting in the spring. Um, I know Jeff went to Turkey and saw both him and Zachary pray and play um, in the FIBA U18 European Championships. Um, so you know that a recruitment. Kind of seems to stall, you know, when you know, the class of 2023, most of those guys signed you know, in November, but you know, Nicola Moretti didn't. Uh, he was playing at you know, NBA Global Academy, so he was already he, you know, graduated from uh, DME Academy in Florida you know, in the spring. So he's just continuing his, his basketball path uh, overseas, but Elmite kept it up and Obviously, with Sky Clark leaving, that created an opportunity. Perhaps it maybe a need to use the scholarship and get another guard on the roster, and they were able to work it out. All right, any chance he plays? Or do we wait till 5 p.m. tonight <laughs> when he's the first sub off the bench? <laughs> I mean, I doubt that happens because, like, Zachary Perrin's been around since before Christmas, and he hasn't played yet. Um, I would imagine Nicola Moretti has not, like, you know, practiced necessarily with the team um and he who did is like i think if you if you were to throw him in tonight uh against minnesota like you're just setting him up for failure because he doesn't know the offense or know his teammates and uh that could be bad but i mean there's honestly not that many games left on the schedule if you look at it. i mean they're just past the halfway point um maybe in February, mid-February, I don't know, at the very end of the season, I guess it depends on if he's ready. And if he is, I think he'll play. If he's not, get a red shirt for this half season. I don't know. It's a, it's a strange situation when you've got freshmen coming in in December and January. And, like, what do you do with them? Because Jaden Epps, since you're here, it's like they've been here since last May. Like they had time before the season started to get acclimated mm-hmm. to college and college basketball to figure out their teammates to learn how to play with those guys to learn the system, and they're still learning. Like they they haven't figured it all out. Certainly, it's a lot to ask of Zachary Perrine, Nicola Moretti to do that in a truncated time. And I think I would say they'll probably both play this year before the year's out, mm-hmm. but I don't know how much you can expect. From those guys, I think they're good basketball players, but it takes an extra step to be a good basketball player in a system and help a team win games. Again, thanks to Scott Ritchie for rejoining Inside Line Basketball. Uh, his uh, NIL payment is is considerable, and that's uh, it's been upped uh, every Monday. We'll do this; uh, have been for a number of years. Scott Ritchie, you've been on the beat since Brad Underwood flew in from Oklahoma. That's I think it was a Saturday. Many fans. Thought he had lost his mind after the Northwestern game where he melted down on the sidelines. He seems to be a cooler, calmer dude since then. Well, there are two sides to Brad Underwood. There's there's two Brad Underwoods, I All think. Right. I mean, there's – because he, like – I'm trying to think. He had one – a couple moments this season during the whole what is wrong with this team stage – and players questioning kind of how things were going where he wasn't 
is a little pricklier. Um, but for the most part with us, like he's, you get the cool, calm, collected Brad Underwood. Um, then there's the sideline Brad Underwood that it's not like the Northwestern game wasn't the first time. I don't know why it took that game. It's like, Oh, what's going on? It's like, he's done that since he got here and before he got here. Um, and I know Colin, Colin wrote about it. It's just like, he does that when he feels like he has to lead the team and push these guys if they're not playing at the level or with the energy or effort that he that he wants. Um, he doesn't want to be to have to lead the team, and you know he's said many times like player led teams are more successful. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. That it was like the Northwestern game was the trigger. It was like he could have done that last year, year before, year before that. All right, Bob Osmussen, who filled in for you last week, said it was his wife who told him to cool your jets, buddy. <laughs> it's not a good look. What took Susan that long then? <laughs> <laughs> All right, 5 o'clock uh, tonight. Luke Goody uh, update uh, over the weekend I saw. He's getting closer. Yeah, not fully practicing yet, but he's, like, running and not just on the underwater treadmill like actual running on the court so that's a good positive step and foot injuries are tough for basketball players because you are running a lot and moving and they they need another body for one but they could also stand (laughs) to add a shooter because i hadn't looked at their three-point shooting percentages like on a game-to-game basis for a while but there's some real stinkers in there. Like they have not shot the ball very well collectively. Um, so look at his return Sh- should kind of help that. And we add another little wrinkle to the offense. All right. Scott Ritchie's return has helped the newsroom. Uh, that much is clear. Uh, what we've been sorely lacking is our, our power pole. I have no idea who was number one when he left. And I'm I don't curious. Know. Probably Terrence Shannon <clears throat> might be the same. Yeah, maybe. What's your What's your latest? Well, Terrence Shannon, okay. number one, and he's had a few not great games, but for the most part, has been consistently Elmo's best player. Number two, I probably a huge climb from the last time we did this. Yeah, Matthew Meyer. Mm. Now, the first eight games of the year, he was not very good. Um. Low level of production, inefficient. Last nine games, he's arguably been one of the better players in the conference, which this year I'm not sure is a, a huge compliment. But he's shot the ball a lot better, um, turned it up defensively, I mean, like six blocks against Michigan State. I mean, that's wild. Um, so he's number two. And number three, this is some competition for this spot. I am tempted to give it to Jaden Epps, and I think I will. Now, there's been some moments that he's been a freshman over the last few games, but his, I think, just steady progression will help this team. And by the end of the year, he could be just a really valuable piece. He's got a text. Uh, from a D danger, uh, oh, saying uh, saying Richie's off his rocker. Sent him sent him home again. Thank he you. Apparently Dave. is upset. 
at the and I don't know how he's listening live to this podcast, yeah, it's, but it's got a bug in the studio. I did, I kind of forgot about Dan okay. there for a second because he's coming off a pretty good game. Yeah, he was pretty good, and Brad Underwood changed everything about what he wanted to do offensively and defensively to play Dane more. Uh, better go day number three. Oh, you're, you're, Sorry, you're succumbing to the pressure. <laughs> I am. I just I didn't think that one through. <laughs> I was so sure about one and two, and I didn't. It's like a player coming back from injury. You're rusty, Scott yeah, Rich. I am rusty. You know, take you a couple games to get back in the flow. Of Apologies to Jaden Epps for <laughs> for false hope. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Th- yeah. Thankfully, he wasn't listening live, <laughs> no. and Dane was. So uh, I'm getting something now, though. I, I'll check that after the uh, okay. show. Anything we should uh, pay attention to this week uh, before we uh, let you skedaddle? Well, probably just if Illinois can keep up this streak they're on and maybe become more than a second-half team. I think that'll be the sign that they've really turned the corners if they can kind of string their better play together for more than 20 minutes. Excellent stuff. Again, welcome back, Scott Ritchie. Uh, can't wait to read uh, your stuff about Illinois basketball, about high school stuff, about as you uh, get back in the swing of things. And, uh, again, good morning, Atlanta Nation. Every morning, 6 a.m., I'm your first customer. Someone beat me to it. Try. What do you think? <laughs> well, all they have to do is just be online at 6 a.m. Right. and click faster than you do. We'll see if, uh, if they can do it. All right. We'll talk to you again next Monday, Scott.